Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. On a new Inside Boxing Live, Andy Ruiz is back. Could he fight Deontay Wilder by year's end? What to make of the Floyd Mayweather Logan Paul Circus? And six foot six Sebastian Fundora stops by. It's Inside Boxing Live coming up next. We welcome you into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. Got a big one planned for you today, literally and figuratively, as Sebastian Fondora joins the show. Six foot six, 154 pounds, 80 inch reach, punches like a mule. Got boy band looks. I honestly think this kid is the next big thing in boxing, uh, pun intended there, because this kid has all of the goods at 154. He's fighting this weekend, May 1st, Fox uh, PBC pay-per-view. If you're watching the show on YouTube, CompuBox TV, we appreciate your Fubo Sports. You can catch the show, Pluto TV as well, like I just said. Uh, you can also search on regular podcasts uh, to get our show. All right, Andy Ruiz and Chris Ariola going at it this weekend over at the War Grounds in Carson, California. And Andy Ruiz is back in the ring, and he honestly can't perform any worse than he did versus Anthony Joshua over 16 months ago when he ballooned up to 283 pounds, like we know, through a measly 22 punches per round. That is an absurdly low amount of punches for Andy Ruiz. But the thing with Andy Ruiz is America loves a comeback. And he's on the comeback trail. He's teamed up with Eddie Reynoso. He's shedded the weight. He's down to 150, uh, 254 pounds, and he's looking better in there. Now, if you go back and look at Andy Ruiz, his prime, what I think, a four-fight stretch when he was weighing around 255 uh, pounds. Uh, they throw in the Parker fight. They throw in the Dirk Tranko fight that uh, he had six weeks before the Joshua fight. That's Andy Ruiz's is sweet spot. And in that time... He was throwing 50 punches around, which is a good amount of punches per round for the heavyweight. It's around the heavyweight average. But he had the fast hands. He has the combination. He has the ring IQ. That's the Andy Ruiz that knocked out Anthony Joshua. That's the Andy Ruiz that got that shot. That's the Andy Ruiz that we all knew as he was climbing the ranks. That's not the Andy Ruiz that we saw against Anthony Joshua in that, that rematch. That was rock bottom for Ruiz. Throwing 22 punches around. Only landed 60 punches in the entire fight. That's insanely low amount of punches in that one. He didn't train. We all know about it. He ballooned up and way. But you know the story by now. What Andy Ruiz is going to show up this Saturday? Can he get back to that 50 punches around with the quick hands? You know, he already is a good defensive fighter. He only gets hit. Opponents are only landing 22.8 of their punches on Andy Ruiz. He already has that defensive, uh, you know, he already has those numbers heading in. Now he teams up with Eddie Reynoso as one of the best defensive trainers in boxing. That's a sneaky part of Andy Ruiz's game going forward as he gets a little bit older. You know, got to have that defense to go with uh, the 50 punches around. Chris Ariola. What is Chris Ariola at this point? Obviously, honestly, I don't think he could be in any better shape than he was against Adam Konaki two years ago when he fought and broke all the records, the combat box records, threw the most punches in heavyweight history. The duo combined to throw an absurd amount of punches. I don't think he could possibly look that good, but everything that I've seen so far from uh, Chris Ariola is that he is looking in good shape, but he's 40 years old, hasn't been in the ring close to two years, you know, he's got a great trainer in Joe Goose, and I'm not going to say he won't be ready for the fight, 
but what is he going to, what can he possibly give Andy Ruiz? It's a guy who's been in there from everyone, from the Klitschko's to Deontay Wilder, and now Andy Ruiz, uh, someone that uh, Chris Ariola said, uh, you know, he respects. You know, it's one of his uh, favorite heavyweights of all time, because Andy Ruiz, of course, first Mexican heavyweight champion. It's a really, really uh, in intriguing fight, not to mention Chris Ariola, talking about defense here, can get hit. 42% his opponents land on him. So this is tailor-made, this fight right here, for Andy Ruiz to look great. It's tailor-made for Andy Ruiz to get back in the win column, keep this momentum going, because, let's be honest here, Andy Ruiz had, comes with a lot of fanfare, comes with a huge fan base built in, Mexican fan base. You know, he can fight Dillian White. He can fight Deontay Wilder. It's an all-PBC clash. Deontay Wilder's out there training in his living room with Malik Scott. Now, this fight could happen between Deontay Wilder and Andy Ruiz by the end of the year. We have the heavyweight division. A lot of things are swirling around. We still haven't made Fury versus Joshua. Looks like Deontay Wilder wants to get back in there. Andy Ruiz is back in there looking good. It's a healthy division. If, everyone, if everything comes to fruition... We can see some really fun fights, and it all starts this weekend when Andy Ruiz gets back in there, and I honestly think uh, he's going to look great. So that is the card over uh, on May 1st, Fox PBC. Obviously, you're going to have Sebastian Fondora in there. It's an all-Mexican card loaded from top to bottom. I'm not going to tell you to order it, uh, but I'm going to tell you, though, 50 bucks. It's gonna, it's, it's, I think this card's going to deliver. If you just look at it on paper, I think the card's going to deliver. Also this weekend, Matchroom USA, Joseph Parker versus Derek Chisora. I really don't know what to make of this fight. Uh, it's good to see Joseph Parker active. This is his second fight in three months. Obviously, Derek Chisora, we saw him last uh, when he fought Alexander Usyk, gave it a really good effort. And the fact that Chisora is getting some uh, credit here, and some people are, are favoring uh, Chisora, just kind of shows you that Parker fell off a little bit. This card's loaded, too. Dimitri Bivol, remember him? Many regard him as the best 168-pounder in the world. First fight since October 19th. He's fighting Craig Richards. we got Katie Taylor on this card. we got Chris Eubank on this card. Uh, yeah, that's going over on Matchroom USA. Lastly, before we get to Fondora, Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather. You know, I slept on it. And uh, you know what? I really don't have, like, too much strong opinions on this fight one way or another. It's an exhibition fight. The only interesting aspect to me so far is that it's going to be carried by Showtime. So the whole Showtime crew is going to be there. It's pretty clear that Showtime and Al Heyman and Mayweather, Mayweather Promotions, have a very tight-knit thing going on here because this fight, an exhibition, is going to end up on, on Showtime. We've got Badu Jack versus Jean Pascal on the on the undercard. That's a fun fight for what it's worth. Uh, it's going to be fun. I guess the build-up's going to be fun. Uh, I really don't have one way or another. It's just a phase that we're going through right now with exhibitions and celebrities making money, which they're very, very good at. On the other side of things, we're going to talk to Sebastian Fondora, the towering inferno. On the other side of things here on Inside Boxing Live. The towering inferno, Sebastian Fondora. The time has finally come. We're sitting down. We're going to chop it up. Welcome to Inside Boxing Live. Excited to have you on, man. How's everything? I'm excited to be here. Um, we're just getting ready for next weekend and then to ready to put on the show. Yeah, man. May 1st, kicking off an absolutely loaded month of boxing. Now, uh, two of your last three fights have been on Fox pay-per-view. Why do you think that is? I think I bring an exciting style that uh, people like to see it. People like that I fight in close, me being so tall. I, uh, I just bring excitement. Oh, you're tall. I didn't notice that you're you're a tall guy. <laughs> we got to talk about it. Listen, this is this is part of your allure. It's part of why people want to tune in. It's part of why my non-boxing friend uh, fan uh, friends hit me up and I'm like, who is this guy? Who is this Sebastian Fondora guy? I'm watching on my screen because 
the dude is, is it's just amazing to watch. I mean, a lot of questions from the, the, the Twitter fam. They want to know, like, how do you do it? Like, we're, in, we're recording this early in, in the morning uh, for you anyway. Like, what do you what do you eat every day? Like, what do you eat for breakfast? What did you have for breakfast this morning? I had cereal or I'll have eggs with bacon. I'll have normal breakfast, just a good solid breakfast. But uh, when it comes to weight or anything, making this weight class, uh, I walk it this way. It's nothing hard for me. Really? So you walk around at like 160-ish? Man, probably less than that. Less than that. Really, really walk on my weight. How many calories a day are you intaking? Like, are you like keep track of all that stuff? Or is it maybe you're 23 years old and you don't have to worry about that yet? Uh, Honestly, I don't keep track. I eat healthy. Mm-hmm. We eat very healthy, but it's I can eat whatever I want. You know, I'm looking at your your Twitter bio. I don't know if you haven't updated this in a while, but it says yes, I'm six six, and yes, I can make one forty seven. Now you're fighting at one fifty four. There was actually a question from a fan, like, could you possibly make one forty seven if there was like a big fight? I think I can. I think I can. That that's like not pushing it, but. Like, say with other fighters, you know, how they, they start camp at 200 pounds and then they come down to 154. Uh, uh, I probably can do that. I could probably do that. It's a, just another 10 pounds. But, I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that is pushing it now. But uh, I think I can still do it. Yeah, the sky's the limit for you. Like, you know, pardon the pun, but like 6'6", you probably won't grow anymore, like height-wise. But you could fill out to like, you know, heavyweight is not even out of the question. Do you think about these things? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I do, but I can't even get past 170. So uh, it's that's something that uh, my body has to agree with, and, and right now it's not. All right, yeah, because they may have to up the the breakfast. You might have to add two omelets, yeah, maybe. Bed, more Captain Crunch, more cereal to get up the heavyweight. <laughs> yeah. But that's just how people think. It's like you see a guy who's six six, twenty three years old. You know, eventually he can fill out to maybe, you know, at least 185 cruiser. Then at that point, it's like, why don't you just try heavyweight? I know that's like looking way down the road. Like, I know you want to look to May first because you got yeah. a tough opponent in there. And, and Jorge Cota, a guy that's been in there tough, um, you know, his, you know, a guy that's at the top of the division, Jamel Charlo, knocked out Cota in three rounds. Do you want to make a statement and try to do it quicker? You know, they're all different fights. Uh, they'll ask me if I want to do faster than Charlo or faster than Lubin. It's a. These are all different fights. So uh, all I can all I can tell you guys is that um, we plan to put a good show and we do plan to win. Now, something really clicked for you after that Jermonte Clark draw. Now, you, you had a, the win over, over Daniel Lewis, but the last two fights, something really, really clicked for you. You outlanded your opponents 221 to 40. You're throwing close to 80 punches per round. You're landing over 40% of your power shots. That's just complete domination. Two quick stoppages of your last two fights. What can you credit the turnaround to? Just training hard. We just stayed in the gym. We, uh, for this last fight, we, we, uh, for this fight, after that, that weekend, we went back into training that Monday. So just hard work. That's all, that's all there is to it. Right now, tell us about your gym. Is it literally in your backyard? And uh, I read an interview that you said it was in your backyard. So I had to take a look when on Instagram. It's like legit in your backyard. Like you have a ring set up back there, right? Yep. We have our whole gym in our backyard. All I have to do is step outside and I'm, I'm in my gym. <laughs> See, my, I, where I grew up on Long Island in, in New York, we have a wiffle ball field in our backyard. But you, know, you got a gym in your backyard. When did that be? When was it built? Uh, you know, what was the thought process going into it? Uh, you know, we always had our own gym, 
but it wasn't until recently, like uh, say four years ago, that my dad just decided to put the gym inside the backyard. You know, we always 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 had our own place, like our own gym and anything. That's when he said, "Just let's bring it closer," and, and <laughs> we did it. Literally, bring it closer, right to the backyard. Yeah. Your friends come over and want to get in the ring, maybe wrestle, fight. Like, what what are they, what's going on in the backyard with the barbecue? Nah, 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 crazy. Now nah, we keep it. We keep it to ourselves. We uh, just a uh, private gym. You know, um, then we just work out. We'll, we'll probably bring sparring partners. We have a little casita on the side of our house. We'll bring <laughs> sparring partners, but that's about it. Well, yeah, you don't probably have to bring in too many friends because you become a fighting family now. You know, six <laughs> brothers and sisters, all of them box, even your sister who's about to make her pro debut. What was it like mm -hmm. growing up in the fighting Fundora family? Good, good. I remember a lot of experience of traveling around the United States to, to fight in these tournaments as an amateur. And then um, now a professional, the family still watches. Uh, my little sister, she's turning pro two weeks after me and everything's working out good uh we're still a big boxing family <laughs> literally big very tall your sister uh is uh what is she close to five nine almost uh five ten gabriella mm -hmm. sweet poison fundora decorated amateur you have said that she's you know way better amateur than you ever were you know what's it like watching your sister get in the ring oh it's very exciting she uh like her style is so explosive we'll see it we'll see it though and when the week's coming but uh she, she's definitely one to look. I always thought that she was the best of all of us. And wow. She shows it. What would it mean for your parents? I know your dad's heavily involved in, in your career. What would it mean for your parents that maybe one day on the same card, Sebastian, the Towering Inferno, Fundora, Gabriella, Sweet Poison, Fundora on the same card? That would be special. Oh, uh, definitely. That would be special, especially if we're both fighting for a title that night or, or we're both fighting for championship fights. That, that's That's big. That's so cool. Uh, talking about titles, man, that's that's what all boxers want. That's what all fighters want. You're climbing the ranks and you're you're making a name for yourself. Fans, you have a crazy fan following already, uh, mostly because, you know, the size and the fact that you punch and you look to win. That's what's most exciting. You know, what are your goals in boxing? I love asking young fighters that you're only 23 years old. What do you want to achieve in this sport before you hang them up? Of course, become world champion. If I can, at 154, I want to unify the whole division. So that'll be something nice. And then uh, we'll see from there. Uh, sky's the limit. Sky is the limit. Uh, you know, the 154-pound division is one of the hottest divisions in boxing. It's very competitive. Those belts are being, you know, passed around from guy to guy. A lot of upsets. But right now, Jermel Charlo is the guy. He's supposed to be fighting Brian Castaño, uh, or is fighting. They announced it uh, this summer for Undisputed, for the first ever Undisputed 154-pound champ. I know you have your eyes on that, but I want to ask you, Sebastian Fundora, what is your top five right now at 154 pounds? Uh, I guess Charlo. Charlo number I one. Castaño, I guess, because he has a belt right now, too. Mm -hmm. um, definitely myself. Okay. I'm going to include myself right now. Because I think uh, if they just give me the fights, I'll, I could take it. Um, uh, I guess Hurd, but Hurd hasn't fought in a long time. That's four. What would it be the fifth one? You got Jason Rosario. You got Brandon Adams. You got Charles Carmel. Uh, Tim Zhu. You got, uh, what's his name? Fighting uh, on the... Yeah, Tim Tim Zhu. Tim, Tim Zhu's making noise. I think, yeah. That's the fifth one. He's so making big that. noise. That, that division is hot right now. That division is right oh, for yeah. the taking. I mean, J Jamel Charlo, you get yourself in a fight with him. You work your, your way back up. I mean, you keep, you know, winning fights in, in, in impressive fashion, and he wins his fight with Castano. You feel like you're on a crash course with the, whoever wins that fight? 
well, whatever they have for me. You know, I don't get to pick my fights, but this last fight, I didn't get picked. The, the, the fights before, I never get to pick who I want. Yeah. But uh, if they give me the chance, if they give me the opportunity, I'll definitely take it. When you say you don't get to pick, like, what's the process like? Fans always want to know, like, what goes into that? Well, um, just uh, they have PBC has their own little setup on, of, of who they have and what they have scheduled for everybody. So mm -hmm. uh, we, we can have arguments on Twitter all we want, but if the fight, <laughs> it doesn't, if it doesn't seem right, it's not going to happen. So uh, that's why I don't bother with anything like that. It's, just, it's not my decision at the end of the day. So you're literally told like, Hey, this is who you're going to fight. And uh, it may not be who you want. Cause obviously you want a champ, but you know, there's a, it's a business and you got to work your way up and it's all strategic at this point. It's just, it is what it is. That's what boxing yep. has become. Yep. So you're the pretty just, just told, Hey, this is who you're fighting. You're, you're fighting, uh, you know, Jorge Coda win this fight. And then we'll see what's next. That's how, kind of how it works for you now. Yep. Yep. That's pretty wild. I mean, the fans always think like the, the fighter is the one um, that, to choose but it's, it's just not how it's almost like the ufc you know the ufc mm -hmm. like they tell you who you're gonna fight and uh you don't really have a choice because they'll just cut you and then you're out yep. let me ask you this uh it's a question i've been asking a lot of fighters and, and media guys is is this whole youtube celebrity jake paul uh phenomenon that we're experiencing now in boxing did you watch the thriller card i didn't watch it but i saw the highlight of uh the jake paul kid knocking out the other guy so uh <laughs> Hey, this thing, this is the third time he knocked out. Uh, maybe they shouldn't put um, normal people inside the ring with him, you know? <laughs> but Your sister in there with him. She dangerous. Him out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a different thing. That's a real boxer, you know? Yeah. But I think he's doing, I think he's doing great. I think he's doing great. I mean, he bring, he's bringing different fans. Maybe just watching him, but yeah, maybe they'll, they'll open their eyes to boxing a little bit more. The average Joe, the, the, uh, gamers whatever he brings in other youtubers right that's it's, what it's I, that's been my thought that's been my whole thing though, this whole time is that i don't think it's a good thing for boxing i don't think it's a bad thing for boxing i kind of think it's like a separate entity it's like the people that ordered that fight on this past saturday are probably not going to order like a a you know an errol spence versus terence crop it's a totally yeah. different crowd you know different it's music crowd it's an entertainment crowd and we'll see what it looks like on june 5th when, when tiafimo lopez and uh george Campos get in there right, we got a fan yeah. question brooklyn brawler boxing my guy on twitter says how do you balance weight with strength and conditioning because it seems like particularly challenging for that type of muscle mass would result in significant weight gain given mm -hmm. your size have you have you feel like you've mastered that now uh i don't think it's never been a problem it's just uh like i said my metabolism is pretty fast and I walk at my way. So uh, to to even those stuff out, I, don't, I never never saw it as a big deal for me, at least for me. Okay. And and do you like plan on staying at 154 for, for how long? I'm only 23, you know, as long as my body could let me. Right now it's normal. So, but who knows next year I could just jump up to 185 or something like that. Who knows? Yeah. And you're fighting on uh, Andy Ruiz comeback trail, going up against Chris Ariola. What are your thoughts on the heavyweight division? It's exciting. It's changing. It changes a lot. Like 154. It's it's, it's uh look at um Fury beating Wilder. I didn't expect that. I fought on that cartoon. Yeah. I didn't expect that at all. So it, it can change. Uh, who do you, who do you like in that fight? For for Ruiz and um Ariel. Ruiz and Ariel. Yeah. Who do you like there? Uh, Ruiz. I think Ruiz is gonna beat him. I think yeah. Ruiz is gonna knock him out. Yeah. yeah. He's fast. Very fast. Very very fast. 
How about Joshua versus Fury, the big fight that's supposedly going to happen at the end of July? Who do you like in that one? Yeah, I think Fury. Fury just, I don't know what 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 what, what he was taught that last camp versus Wilder, but he uses size <laughs> like like, and he is a giant. I met him in person. I have to look up to him, and wow, that's pretty crazy. But uh, he he just uses it uses his his reach and his height. He makes these. Guys that are my size look like like midgets and stuff like that. And he, <laughs> Anthony Joshua is going to be the same thing. Anthony Joshua is going to be slower than Wilder, so he's going to knock him out. Yeah, I'm starting to think that too. And I, I actually picked Wilder to win that second fight because uh, I thought he had more momentum. And I didn't believe, first of all, I didn't believe that Fury was going to come in at 270, and he did. And I also didn't believe that he was going to sit down on his punches because he's never done that in his career. But it just shows you, you know, if you spend a certain amount of time in camp on doing one thing, you bring in a new trainer, Sugar Hill uh, Stewart, and you just spend time on punching through your, your target. I mean, we saw that, especially in, in the heavyweight division. So May 1st, you get back in there. Or hey, Coda, you're looking to keep it going. You got two straight knockouts. I mean, your, your stats are crazy. You know, I work for CompuBox. We crunched the numbers. You know, your last fight, you were throwing 90 punches around. I mean, landing over 40% of your, your power shots. Do you, you, do you figure, do you ever look at the stats afterwards? No, they, but they'll tell me. They'll tell me. That, like, like, I remember one time we fought in um, Iowa, and the guy, I think it was like the fight only lasted four rounds, and he was telling us that we threw over like 200 punches, and it's like crazy for our weight class or something like that. And it is. Oh, that's pretty good, but that's what we train for. We exactly. train to throw a lot, and yeah. we train to throw a lot of hard punches. So every punch matters. <laughs> that's what we. That's the slogan of CompuBox. Every punch counts. So every punch matters. Sebastian Fundora, uh, one of my favorite fighters, one of uh, boxing fans. You're on the radar of boxing fans. Keep it going. May first versus Jorge Cota. Order the pay per view. It's going to be an exciting night mm-hmm. of boxing. I really, really appreciate you. Have a final message for the towering Inferno fans out there because there are a lot of them. Uh, I just want to dedicate this fight to to all the the working class. Uh, May first, and um, we're not fighting on Cinco de Mayo, so it's not officially Cinco de Mayo, but it's May first. That's May Day, uh, International Labor Work of Worker Day. So, uh, just want a big shout out to to everybody that's been working through this pandemic. Everybody, not just the doctors and nurses and the essentials. Everybody, everybody around the whole world. Great message. I really appreciate that. All right, Sebastian Fundora, can't wait to watch your fight. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Before we say goodbye, there was news this past week that Oscar Valdez will not be fighting Jamel Harry next or Shakur Stevens. He's going to be fighting Robson Kansakow. Yes, you've never heard of him. A lot of fans are asking, why is this fight happening next, not the fights that we want to see? It's pretty clear. Promotions are aligned with networks. The networks tell the promotions you have to give us X amount of shows per year. The promotions, if you take a look at their stables, only have X amount of significant fights within their stable. So they have to string this out, and a lot of uh, promotions do this. That's not just picking on top rank. So Oscar Valdez will fight someone you never heard of. Shakur Stevenson will do the same, and Jamel Herring will make a defense against someone that you've never heard of as well. It is the problem that's going on in boxing with the fragmentation and networks being aligned with promoters and vice versa. They have to fulfill a certain amount of dates. So therefore, that's what you're going to see. So you're going to see a little bit of over-marinating. I know Aram is known for marinating, but now we're seeing it right on display here why Valdez won't be fighting a Herring or Shakur Stevenson next. It's one of the downfalls of what's going on in the sport right now is because of the networks. It's not the sanctioning bodies, not any of that. It's the networks. All right, we'll see you next week. Big fights coming up this weekend. Canelo next weekend, and big fights after that. Got you locked here on Inside Boxing Live.